Okay, I think we are ready to get going, so we'll get you to grab a chair here in the room and at home. I'm sure you're scrambling as well to get seated again, so it's good. So uh, this morning, we are actually down three pastors in our pastoral team. Kind of have all come down with some sickness and stuff like that, and so we're missing Pastor Tyson, Pastor James, and Pastor Jen in our kids' ministry. So Pastor Josh and I, you know, we're having fun you know, today uh, with, with what's happening. But the interesting one is Pastor Tyson this week, he had not been feeling well, so he went home and he told us that he's going to stick home and he took a test and it was negative. And then yesterday morning, he actually calls me back and he's like, I retested myself and I've got COVID. And so, of course, we need to pray for our pastoral team, but there are many others I know in our church family who are dealing with this, but he's at home. Now, there's one problem with this. Uh, Pastor Tyson is supposed to be on the stage preaching this morning, and uh, so this is a little bit awkward, and so I'm yesterday morning scrambling, thinking, "Uh uh-oh, like, now I got to go to the office, and we got to get some things figured out, and so we kind of made that pivot, got here, and I'm like, Tyson, you got to give me all your notes, like, give me anything you've got, because, like, this is happening today, and so anyway, he did, and so we sat through, and we think we got something put together here today, and so what I'm about to present to you is both myself and Pastor Tyson. Is that fair enough? He's here with me. He's my alter ego, but we're going to present to you. But here's the one thing that I need from you. Um, if you like anything in the message today, you could email me. If there's something that's really poor, you're going to email him. Okay? So, fair enough? Okay. So, we're, we're going to do that. Now, through this month, we have explored the question that we all have been curious about, but it has been this. Like, what is God like? Have you ever asked that question? Like, what is God like? And so what we have looked at is Exodus chapter 34, verses 6 and 7. The the person who is there, his name is Moses. And Moses has this interaction with God. And and God wants to answer Moses' question as to, like, what are you? Like, what are you like? And can you tell me something about it? So God says, sure, I'm going to tell you a little bit about who I am. And this is what God says to us in Exodus 34. And if you don't have your Bibles today, it'll be on the screen here for you. But it says this, and I'm picking it up at Yahweh, Yahweh. God says, my name is Yahweh, Yahweh. I want you to pay attention to this name because this name, it means that I am who I say I am. Like I am, I've been here from the beginning, I'll be there at the very end, but I'm Yahweh. And he downloads to Moses his OG name, original name. And this is what we looked at. But then God goes on. He goes, I'm the God of compassion. And that compassion is also the word mercy and gracious, which is interchanged with mercy often in the Bible. He says that I am slow to anger and I'm filled with unfailing love and faithfulness. I lavish unfailing love to thousands of generations. And I forgive iniquity, rebellion, and sin. How many of you would love to serve a God like that? Like that's pretty incredible. And then all of a sudden, God says this three-letter word that changes a little bit of the scene, and he says the word, but. (laughs) Have you ever used the word, but, in one of your sentences? And what we often do is, like, we rattle out, we do all of this, and then we're like, but, as if we're going to now ignore everything that we just said, but that's not what God is doing. See, God says, but, I need you to also know this other part of my character that a lot of people don't like and a lot of people would love to ignore. And he goes on to tell Moses, but, I do not excuse the guilty. In fact, other translations will read that I will punish those who actually are guilty, which is tough language for us to, you know, take on. Like, really? God's going to, yeah, he is. And then he goes on and he says, I lay the sins of the parents upon their children 
and their grandchildren. And the entire family is affected, even children in the third and fourth generation. Like, what is going on with this God guy? You just talked about love, and now I'm going to get your grandkids. Interesting stuff, is it not? But as we've read of the word of the Lord, will you pray with me one more time? Father, I ask that you teach us in these moments. I know that you have something to say today. And I ask that we would be ears wide open to hear what you have to say. Holy Spirit, challenge us with this last part of our series. But it's a challenging one. And I ask that you would um, be gentle and soft as you are. And yet help us to understand the realities of this other side of your character that is very critical. So Jesus, help us to learn. Help us to become more like our Father. We pray these things in Jesus' name. And everybody said, Amen. Amen. Now, obviously in this text, it really has been the last part of these verses that have stunned a lot of us. Like, huh? Like, really, like, we learn about all these nice things about God, and now you're going to do this. Like, and we struggle with these moments. But this is, in reality, what God is trying to download to us. He wants us to know his fullness of character. And unfortunately, um, the English in many of our Bibles doesn't do us the right justice, you know, in learning what is really God saying here. And so, like, that's been the intriguing part through this last month as we've studied each of these verses and these words with specificity to it. We've even looked at the Hebrew language, right? And all of you have memorized all those Hebrew words, right? And you're reciting them every single day of your week. And yes, no, okay, uh, we'll give them back to you. But uh, we've, we've learned because in the English language, there's just a little bit of lack, but in the Hebrew, it gives a fullness because it was its original language. And so we're going to explain, like, what does God mean when he's going to punish everybody? And what does it mean when he's going to get our kids? Okay, so we're going to get there. So as I'm sitting at the, uh, the kitchen table uh, yesterday morning with Lisa and Anae, we're having some breakfast. And, uh, and so we're having breakfast and Lisa says to me, like, what, so what are you, you going to speak on then tomorrow? Well, like, what's the topic? And I'm like, well, we're going to talk about forgiveness and justice. And she's like, I'm sure glad it's you speaking and not me. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, you know, it's good. But I, I made this one comment to Lisa in that moment. And when she said that, I actually, I just said to her, I'm like, it's actually easy to explain what God is saying here. And then she retorts back to me this beautiful wisdom, but it's hard to accept. Today, this is the slogan for these last few verses. This is really easy to explain, but it's going to be really hard to accept. And so thank Lisa that she was there, but I knew that God was already putting these deposits into my heart for us today as we were going to take a look at this. Easy to explain, hard to accept. The reality is, is that you and I, um, we are not supposed to mix and match and take what we want from the Bible. So what I mean by that is we'll take the, the top of these verses, God is loving and compassionate and faithful and, oh, he forgives me. That's great. But this stuff over here, Sean, about him going to punish my guilt or he's going to get, you know, all of these things, like, I'm going to do away with that. And we have to be really careful with this because as followers of Jesus Christ, we actually have to take the wholeness of what this is giving to us. We can't mix and match that and kind of make it fit to what I just want. But I do think that many of us, and I've, I've done this in my life, I do think we mix and match sometimes the scriptures. And when we begin to mix and match the scriptures and we begin to add either uh, different faith movements or we add different worldview moments, um, you will most likely end up with a God who is just like you. 
I mean, this God, I mean, he's going to like the people that you like. This God is going to actually hate the people that you hate right now. This God is going to vote the same way that you vote. This God is going to be all for the vaccinated people, but this God will also be all for the unvaccinated people as well. And a couple of weeks ago, I threw a cheeky quote at us by Mark Twain. And the Mark Twain quote said that God created man in his image, and man being the gentleman he is, returned the favor. And think about this for a second. Because I think when we begin to mix and match the scriptures, especially with the topic we're about to talk about today, I think sometimes that we have made God more in our image. There's no way that he could be a just God and go after the guilty. There's no way that it could affect my, kid, my kids and my grandkids. There's no way, because that's not who he is. It's not what he would do. But au contraire, mon frere. Because what the scriptures are showing us is the other aspects of God's character that are vital. And what we have to do is we have to lay down our image bearing of what God should be and we need to flip the script and we need to allow the, the image of God to actually be what it is. That he is a God who is all of those things and guess what? He's a God of all these things too. So we're gonna explore that together um, today. Now in order to do that as we've been doing in every single week, we look at the Hebrew words and so our text starts this way, that God is going to lavish his unfailing love. And so the word lavish is not sar. Somebody say not sar. Not sar. I mean, you guys are getting so good at your Hebrew. I am loving this. But when God says that he's going to lavish not sar, and what he's talking about in other renditions of scripture, he's going to maintain, he's going to keep. What he's saying is that I am going to guard you, I am going to watch you, I'm going to protect you with my unfailing love. Does that sound like a good deal? I mean, no matter what you do, no matter what you go through, God is saying, I am, I am not sar. I am unfailing in my love towards you. And so he's going to bring this uh, protective stance to you. See, I, we, we want to know that God is constant in this faithful love, and he will give this to you, catch this, even if you're unfaithful. Wow. Like, it doesn't matter what you're going to bring to the table, he is still going to remain. Not sar. He's going to still lavish his love on you. I don't know about you, but I think that's a pretty good deal because oftentimes I am unfaithful to God, and yet he's like, Sean, I still love you, and I'm going to still be there for you. That's good news for somebody today. It really is. But notice how far in this verse, how far this not sar goes. God says to Moses, he says that I will do this for thousands of generations. You know, what God is really beginning to communicate to us when we dig into this is that this love is limitless. This love is always going to be there. It will always be there over here, and it will be everywhere in between. This love is going to go on and on and on and on. Are you thankful for the love of God today? This is what he is. This is his character. The second word he throws at us is, I'm going to forgive you, and he's going to use the word nasa. All right, so everybody say it, nasa. This word nasa, it means to lift up, to bear, to carry, to take away. So what God is communicating to you is that he's going to forgive things in your life that you can't carry, that he should be taking away, but his shoulders are big enough in order to do that. The intriguing part about this is oftentimes for many of us, we think this whole forgiveness conversation doesn't show up till Jesus in the New Testament with the work of the cross, which it is there. 
But what God is trying to communicate to you and I today, as well as to Moses, that this forgiveness has actually been there the whole entire time. In fact, everybody in the Old Testament, they knew the forgiveness of God, or they were able to know the forgiveness of God. What Jesus does on the work of the cross is that last punctuation of saying, I am going to be that last sacrificial lamb who died once and for all to take away. So you don't have to sacrifice your own animals anymore. Jesus became the ultimate sacrifice, and forgiveness was to be seen. Did you know that there are 654 other references of nasa, forgive, found in the Old Testament? Okay, so the Old Testament is riddled with this idea of the forgiveness of God. God is not just waiting for Jesus. Jesus is not being like, hey, Dad, they think you're a little bit judgy. Why don't I bring more of the love stuff over here? That's not what he is saying. He's saying, listen, it's been there the whole entire time. But in order to do this, uh, interesting how God gives three, three categories of what he's about to forgive. This is interesting. And so he talks to us in the scriptures as we see it. He's going to talk about iniquity. He's going to talk about rebellion and sin. So let's talk about those two or those three things. The first one is iniquity or the other word that you would have is wickedness, depending on what Bible version you use. This kind is a catch-all word for wrongdoing in general. It could cover everything from jaywalking to the worst thing that you could think of. But we've got iniquity in our lives. Then there's this thing called rebellion or transgression. It's a legal term from breaking the law. It carries with it the idea of a courtroom setting, and there has been a violation or crime that has taken place. And then God says, I'm going to take, I'm going to forgive your sin. And what this is, is about missing the mark. It's not just about your morality, but it means to fail. And the image that is often used to describe this is that of an archer missing the target that they are aiming for. So God is telling us, okay, I'm going to be not sorry. I'm going to be lavish in my unfailing love towards you. No matter what you do, I'm going to give it to you. This is fantastic news. Now, I'm also going to forgive you. In fact, what God does in these moments with identifying these three categories is he is describing to Moses and to us, God shows us his goodness to us in his forgiving nature. That, listen to this. This is, I think, the best news of it all. I think he lists those three categories to say to some of us who are listening today, when you don't think that God can forgive you, what God is saying to you today is that is nonsense. I will forgive you no matter what you have done. I don't care who you are. I don't care how much shame could be in your life, how much brokenness, how much sin that you have lived and walked through. What God is saying is that his not sar, his unfailing love for you will be there the worst of sinners in this world. Everybody is welcome to the table of understanding the forgiveness of God. Nobody here is excluded. That's the beautiful thing. So you can't say to me, well, Sean, I've done this and I've done that. I don't care. God says, I nasa, I forgive you. That's incredible news today for somebody who is listening. This idea of a bad God in the Old Testament is inaccurate and it is untrue. Because God in his goodness will allow us to be forgiven because it is his character. Will God act on some of our iniquity, rebellion, and sin, the answer is yes. And he's going to do that because of this thing called justice. So we're going to explain this. So Pastor Tyson, welcome. Uh, he asked a good question. 
And I'm going to ask the question here today, because we've now just talked about the unfailing love of God and the ability that he has to forgive you no matter what you've done. The question is, how do you picture God when you have messed up? What do you think that his countenance towards you is? Let that sink in for a second. And let's go back to the Mark Twain quote. Have you made God in your image thinking that he is so ticked off with you and that he just wants to kill you? Have you made God more in your image rather than understanding that his character to you is, I don't care how many times you have screwed up. I still love you and I will forgive you if you come to me. This is the character of God and we cannot mistake it in our lives. So we love the first halves of this verse, but then it gets uncomfortable. As Lisa said, it becomes hard to accept. See, you should have been preaching this message today. This is good. If you're all in favor of Lisa preaching soon, like, let's see your hands. Okay, all right, we got affirmation. Um, I need a house to sleep at tonight, by the way, uh, <laughs> just because of this moment. But, uh, but then God says, but, that three-letter word that's so dangerous. But I do not excuse the guilty. Some of our translations will read, I will punish the guilty. This is a tough one. But if you remember a couple of weeks ago when we were talking about how God is compassionate, mercy, the word was rahum. You all remember that, right? Rahum. And uh, this rahum is linked to in the Hebrew to what was known as the female womb. God is making a connection about his character to the female womb. Go figure. That's bizarre. But what he is saying, as it continues in its definition, is that as a mother is towards her child, God is saying, I am the same way towards you. And so I shared a little bit about Lisa, and like we've got two kind of Lisas. You got Lisa, nice over here. But when you get Lisa over here, when somebody has messed with her children, God help you, right? But we understand that. And God is trying to communicate to us as well that I'm the same way. You're my kids. And so when I see something that's going on, like the mama bear, the papa bear, whatever it may be, I'm going to step in because I want what's best for you. So for the sake of this illustration, um, Lisa and I have had two children together. They're sitting here with us today. But for the sake of our conversation, they're Lisa's children. Okay? <laughs> Let's make this clear. Um, our kids know that um, we love them. We tell them every single day that we love them. Um, we'll hug, I'll more, for me, I'll more hug Anaya. Jake and I, we've got the fist pound. Like, they know we love them. We, we say it to them every single day. We pray with our children. And I understand that not everybody um, has had this in their life. And so sometimes there's this disconnect when we talk about God as this parent and we're the child. I understand. And I am truly sorry if you have had to walk some of that road. But I know that in our home, like, this is something we've tried to communicate. So this, this is kind of what begins to um, happen. So I've asked my children at times to do this thing. It's called cleaning their room. And uh, there are, are, are many times when my children have chosen not to listen to that. And, and guess what I did? I loved them. I loved them. I mean, there have been times when Lisa's children have lied. I mean, it's, I, I mean, it's unbelievable. <laughs> 
I mean, her children, like, why would you do that? Like, why would you, anyway, they've lied. And guess what I did at that time? I loved them, still. There have been times when Lisa's children have had this incredible language coming out of their mouth, whether it's, you know, against somebody or just saying something that's just not friendly or nice. And guess what we did? I loved them. I mean, these are my kids. And, and sometimes, like, they've, uh, they've, we've told them to do their homework, and they've chosen not to listen to that, too. And I still love them. Pretty neat, eh? But let me add a three-letter word. But. <laughs> but guess what I did when that started to happen? When the cycle started to take place, guess what dad and mom then stepped in? Because I had to rescue Lisa from this chaos. And, uh, <laughs> But they were suddenly um, experiencing and living these things called repercussions and consequences. And they thought we were the best parents ever. <laughs> but did I care? Not at all. And there's something really important in this where God says to, to Moses, I am not going to excuse the guilty. This is his character. And when we come back to this topic of what of we've been talking about today, if God's love and forgiveness, if his love and forgiveness are rejected, there's probably going to be punishment, consequences, or repercussions that follow. Do you catch that with me today? But let's jump back to the first part. Because if we, if we with God's love and forgiveness, reject that, question, who is the onus on? me. If I am choosing to ignore those things that God has, and I'm going to do me, I'm going to take care of my life the way I want to do it, I could be sure to tell you that there are going to be consequences that will follow. You see, God does love, and he wants to forgive. But folks, it does not mean that we can go and do whatever we want to do. That's not how this thing works. You see, God will deal with the injustices that are in this world. Guess what the first injustice is? You and I. How many times have we lived a, a life that is unjust towards what he is desiring from us? That's why he says, like, I'm a God who wants to forgive. Iniquity, rebellion, and sin. I'm there. I'll take care of you if you allow me to. But oftentimes we're like, nah, we don't need your help. We're happy doing what we're doing, God. And it's an injustice towards him. We notice the other injustices that will happen in and around our world. I mean, we have the abuses that take place. There is racism, death of innocence, exploitation, poverty. So many things that God looks at in it. And, and as we've already learned, he's slow to anger, but it actually begins to bother because it is in the disorder of his creation and the things that he truly wants for us. You see, the foundational act of cosmic judgment it begins with God's sorrow and his grief. God has an incredible plan for our lives. But when it becomes wayward, when we choose to reject this love and his forgiveness, and we begin to go and do our ways, we need to understand that God's sorrow is, and his grief are exactly where that justice part comes into play. He gives us time and time again to fix what has been going on, what is broken in our lives, and it takes a lot for many of us to get to this place. You see, God's loving and his gracious and his giving character 
they do not cancel out his righteousness. You see, God's righteousness also has within it, in his character, this thing called justice. So just because he's so good, loving, forgiving, compassionate, unfailing in love, he is also just. And as a good parent will, they will bring both to the table. And that is why we see at play in our world also the justice of God. Because it comes from his goodness. He wants to reorder the disorder that is happening in his world and fallen creation. It is his goodness alone. In fact, you and I today, we need to see that God's justice, it is a good thing. It honestly is. Does it hurt? Is it like not helpful in the, in the moments? Well, sure, I get that, but God's justice truly is good, and it comes from a spot of his character that is good for you and I. Now, what about he punishes the kids and the grandkids and then the great-grandkids? Like, Sean, that's pretty heavy-handed. Understood. So let's, let's clear the space here. This is what God is not saying to Moses and to us. Not saying. Okay, everybody say not. We need to get that in. Okay, this is what he's not saying. He's not saying your parent did something wrong and you will now be punished for it as well. It's not what God is saying here when he is describing his character. In Deuteronomy chapter 24, verse 16, it says this. Parents are not to be put to death for their children. Praise God. Nor children put to death for their parents which is a praise God moment too, for each will die for their own sin. So we need to understand what God was not saying, that just because your parents, great, grand, like all of those people, you are not being um, punished for it as well. So what is God saying? So two things. First of all is that parents' sins have consequences for their children's futures. So a parent has a choice that will affect their kids. Some of us are byproducts of that. In fact, probably most of us are byproducts of that in some sort of a capacity, whether a parent was present in your life or parents were not present. We have all been affected by things that have come before us, whether it would be your family of origin or abuses or addictions that have happened in your life. What God is saying to us in this text is that there are cycles this is cyclic, that it can happen over in this generation, your parents. It could happen in the great-grandparents and the great-great-grandparents. It can trickle itself down because it has a cyclic approach to it. Let me explain to you. Last summer, Lisa on this stage shared a very delicate part of her story. And it was very important for us, and it was the story that she has wrestled with pornography in her life, damaging what has happened in her life, in our marriage, and how we've had to process something that was past. This is what God is referring to when he comes to this text today, is that if sins over here in other generations, they can have the ability to follow and be cyclic. So at a very young age, as she described to us, she was introduced to pornography. Now as, a, as an older, mature woman now, right, that has changed because what Lisa chose to do is she chose to stop the cycle of something that was happening in a different generation. And this is important for us to understand is that when it comes to these moments, God is saying that this is so powerful that it will affect other generations. So you know what Lisa has done and why I'm so proud of her and why I love her is we decided to make a stop to the cycle for those two little hooligans sitting on her right. Because we're tired of the sin cycle 
that has devastated our family for generations. And this is what God is teaching us, is that you can choose to stop it. You. You can make a decision today to stop passing something that will affect future generations. That's powerful. In fact, one of our authors that we have used in this series, John Mark Comer, he makes this statement, and I loved it. Parenting is watching your character flaws walking around on two little legs. <laughs> it's powerful. So the first thing is parents' sins have consequences for children's futures. But the second thing is God will continue to punish sin in each generation. What he is communicating here is do not think that you can get away with the same things that your parents did because he's a just God. And if you're going to perpetuate the cycle of what they did, he's going to deal with you as well. Somebody has the ability to end the cycle, yet everybody is welcome to his love and forgiveness. Praise God. So my question that Tyson and I are asking you today is what sins or cycles can you stop today? What is something that is in within your power that you have the choice to do something about it? Let me encourage you, please do it because future generations will either hate or love you because of it. So do something with it. Lastly, I want to uh, share this with us today. And uh, it is, I want, us to com- I want us to see the compare and contrast of these verses. So I'm going to flip us over to... Um, Exodus chapter 20 because Exodus chapter 20 comes from this section of scripture called the Ten Commandments and it's God giving us how he wants us to live. And it's funny how in Exodus 34, God is quoting himself (laughs) in, in Exodus chapter 34. So this is what God says in Exodus 20. And he says, you must not bow down to them or worship them. For I, the Lord, your God, I'm a jealous God. And, I, and who will not tolerate your affection for any other gods. Oh man, that's, that's strong. But this is his character. He's jealous God for you. We think of jealousy as such a bad and poor thing because in our humanity, it is, it's nonsense. But with God, his jealousy is like, he loves you so much that he wants your attention and exclusively. This is his jealousy. But listen what he says, because we've been doing this today. But I lay the sins of the parents upon their children entire family is affected because of it and even children in the third and fourth generations of those who have rejected with who have rejected me this clearly tells us that God will deal with the sin of those who hate him who reject him but please listen they do not go unnoticed is God waiting there to just get you no What he wants from you is to restore yourself to the fullness of what he has created you to live in. There is a huge difference there. And if you receive this forgiveness and this love, it shows us that his mercy will go on and on. So let's contrast it. Because this is how God is wired. He is all about mercy. Do you notice that in our text it says, while his justice will go for how long? Three, four generations. He also said that his unfailing love is going to last for what? Thousands of generations. You know, when I think about how we've made God in our own image, isn't it interesting? Because what's the greater one? Thousands. 
versus the three to four. But it's so funny how we lift up the three to four. Oh, he's, he's such an angry and he's such an evil God. Like, where is he when all this? But he says over here, for thousands of generations, I'm gonna pour everything I've got to you. My unfailing love for you, my forgiveness of sins and iniquities and rebellion that you will walk in and that you will walk through. I'm gonna be there for you. I don't know about you, but this is such good news today and that we need to understand the contrast. His love and forgiveness, thousands of generations, but our sins and our actions can affect for three to four. He is greater than the nonsense that has happened. Praise Jesus that our God is this, and this is his character on display for us today. So over the month of January, we followed Mashimo. Moses looked at God, he's like, what are you? Like, what do you like? We've answered, and God started. And he said, Moses, this is the first thing you need to know, my name. I am Yahweh. I am the existing one. I am who I say I am. In fact, I am the Alpha and the Omega. I've been there at the beginning. I'm going to be there at the end. And I'm going to be everywhere in between to make sure I get my people. My name is Yahweh. And then God jumps into his character. And the funny thing with the character of God is he's telling us about himself, but you want to know what else he's doing? He's asking you, do you and I display that same character with people who are around us? So he starts, I'm a God who is full of compassion, mercy, and I'm gracious. Let me ask you, who do you need to demonstrate this with today, this week, this month? Do you need to grow in compassion and grace with somebody else? Then do it. This is the character of God. He goes on and he says, like, I'm slow to anger and I'm rich in love. So let me ask you the question. You got a long nose or you got a short nose? If you don't know what I'm talking about, go listen to last week's message. But long nose means that God is so slow to anger, not like Pinocchio, not the lying context, but I'm slow to anger. Which means he looks upon you and I with that love and with that forgiveness. And he's slow to anger. We deserve justice as well, but he's slow to it. This is last option for your life. It really is but he'll bring it to bring you back in. Interesting, eh? And then he says, forgive. This is a hard one because this question that I'm asking you now, oy, it's a hard one. But is there someone that you need to forgive today? Is there someone? And I ask this because if God forgives you and me, who are you and who am I? to not give this forgiveness to somebody else. Remember, God is just. It means he will take care of the nonsense that has happened in your life. You are not to get revenge. You are to allow the justice of God to take its course. Not the way you would do it, the way he would do it. And guess what? He's slow in some of those moments because it's part of his character. I love that about who he is. Forgiveness is not supposed to stop with you at all. It's supposed to flow through you. And Pastor Tyson left a couple of things that I'm going to give to us right now. I think they're powerful. The first is a quote from Max Lucado, which reads, Apple trees bear apples. Wheat stalks produce wheat. And forgiven people forgive people. It's big. 
And then he asked this one question, and it's just food for thought, but he's asking us, do we identify with this? When I wrong somebody else, I want mercy. But when others wrong me, I want justice. Is that you? You don't have to put up your hand. I know it's you, and it's me. But like that's something that we have to process and think about when we come to the character of God. And the last thing God told us about his character is that he does not exclude the guilty, which means that he is very just. I'm asking the question today, what sinful cycles need to be broken in your life? Because only you, with his power, have the ability to do that. And he wants to apply his amazing grace to you when you take a step towards him. So, I told you this was easy, but it is so hard to accept and to apply. It's good wisdom, Lisa. So may God help us. He has now put his character on display. May we also display his character to our world. Amen? Let's pray. Father, thank you for your word. Your word is so life-giving. The things that you've taught us from your word today are, are very hard no doubt about it. But it's where you then begin to apply your amazing grace to our situations and you bring a restoration and a healing. Truth is you want to restore us back to that relationship, that right relationship with you. I pray that you will help my friends this week because there are some of us sitting here under the sound of my voice and we know that there's someone I have to go forgive, but it's so hard. I pray they would not withhold. I pray that as we know you have forgiven us. It is our job, it is our responsibility as Christ's followers to then apply that forgiveness elsewhere. Help us with that. And I also pray that you, Holy Spirit, would bring to our minds, all of us in this place, if there are sins and cycles that need to be broken, that we do that in the name of Jesus today. That we don't want to affect our future generations in such a poor way. We want to reflect the character of God. So help us with those hard moments. That's what I pray. So help us to walk into this week asking these very difficult questions. Recognizing you're going to be there with us. Why? Because you're a God of compassion and grace. You're slow to anger and you are unfailing in love and faithfulness. You lavish unfailing love upon me and you forgive me my iniquity, my rebellion, and my sin. And you will not excuse the guilty. And so God, I welcome your whole entire character to my life to be on display. Thank you for your goodness and all of the character traits. May I reflect your life, I pray. In Jesus' name I ask these things. Amen. Perhaps you're here in the room or maybe you're online with us today. You've really never known this um, Yahweh. He's truly incredible. Like when I describe him and I pray about him, I'm just like, wow, that's my God. And you can have a relationship with him as well. You could know the things that we have talked about in new ways. And if you are interested in having this relationship with Yahweh, we invite you to text the word LIFE to 250-478-7113. One of our pastors 
would love to have a conversation with you and lead you on that journey. So take advantage of that. It could be a game changer for your eternity, actually. And not only that, uh, this Wednesday night, continue the conversation continues. And if you'd like to have a conversation around this, uh, please feel free to do that. Pastor Josh is going to make his way from his guitar over to the Welcome Center. So if you're new, come say hi to him. But church, go in the character of God. Be the character of God. We love you. And we'll see you next week for Emotionally Healthy Spirituality. Have a great week.